Welcome to the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am super fan Jeremy, and I am joined as always by. Oh, oh geez. Did you hear that? Hey. I wanted to make sure you heard that. That was me opening a can of Coca-Cola. Hi, yes, I'm Dave. I'm I'm here. Super fan number one of Riff Tracks. How you doing? Oh, it's uh it's September. God. <laughs> that's I'm so that's, that sounded really sick. Like I don't know. It's just very slurpy. Uh it is September first, Dave. We have four months left of the 2010s, as everyone, I guess, here we are, we got four months left to go in the decade, and I guess we're still calling it the 2010s. Yeah, and uh, four months left until 1990 is 30 years old. I'm going to need you to shut your mouth about that, um, because... I'm one of those people that every time I think about it for a second, I'm like, what, did I, it was just like 10 years ago, right? No. Nope. Like, I heard Pearl Jam on the classic rock station the other day <laughs> and i'm like hey why is this on here this song's not that oh it's yeah years old uh so i i yeah it makes me feel really old every time i think yeah, about it spoken before we move on to anything else i do have a a quick note uh we were talking about the riff tones uh, previously, and I had mentioned that I thought Mary Jo Peel was singing background vocals on the uh, love theme from Jaws with Kevin. You were is, wrong. I was wrong. That is, in fact, Bill Corbett's wife, Virginia, singing. So there you go. Just a, just a quick I correction. don't know the woman personally, but I hear her name a lot come up in conversation, and she just, you know, everyone who talks about her seems like she's she's very nice. Apparently she's married to Bill. And their husband and wife. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, that went nowhere. That went nowhere. So let's move on to somewhere. Let's go look at headlines. Headlines. We didn't really talk about this much last week because we were talking about uh, all the Spider-Man crap. But D23 happened, the Disney Expo. And uh, they showed off a bunch of a bunch of stuff, a bunch of new things coming to Disney Plus. Um, they made a few announcements. There's a uh, Miss Marvel show coming, a Moon Knight show, which I'm really excited about, a She-Hulk show. Yes. They're doing uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi show starring Ewan McGregor that takes place like six months after uh, episode three. They showed wow. a trailer for The Mandalorian. And uh, showed, you know, announced that Taika Waititi is going to be playing the voice of one of the like assassin droids or whatever. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. Everyone and, loves Taika Waititi, especially yeah. me. Yeah, and then they they showed the one thing that that is pretty much the only thing people are still talking about, and that is a, a special trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Now, we can talk about this because it's related to riff tracks because in the Kickstarter, they said, hey, guess what? We're going to do a riff of this if we hit this stretch goal. Yeah. Which, on, which honestly, I think they're going to do that anyway. Probably. But um, uh, they're giving it away to the people at that level. Yeah, uh, get it free. Uh, yeah. Well, kind of free, but still, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the, it's, it's, it's part of the rewards. It's not um, an additional and, cost. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing. I really like that, you know, I actually am starting to miss 
the MP3 era just a little bit in 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 this way. We talked about this when we talked about the Wizard of Oz. Um, is that I really like it when um, we get these callbacks to the MP3 era, even though it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And it kind of like gets like your blood flowing, like, oh yeah, riff tracks, right? <laughs> We've been in the full-blown VOD era since at least 2013. So it's been almost seven years, almost, since McBain came. And, you know, that was the McBain was the first of the uh, of the full blown VOD era. It kind of really drastically changed how Rift Tracks operated. And um, we haven't been getting very, I mean, we get some now and then, but we don't get very many MP3s. And um, I would actually kind of like to see, and I don't try to make this a podcast about, this is what I would like, but <laughs> I think I'd like to see more MP3s, honestly. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll leave it at that, but I'm glad that Star Wars, I'm glad that Star Wars, they've committed to doing, uh, carrying out with Star Wars, and I, I guess to a lesser extent, the Jurassic World uh series are doing that one uh for the uh uh for the kickstarter as well yeah um but i'm just i'm just i'm just really glad that they've stuck with star wars uh to kind of like kind of like bring everything together you know so i i really do enjoy those rooms because i enjoy the movies yeah and considering okay. how strong they have been with the star wars riffs oh yeah i mean uh, i mean we talk about i mean i don't think What's the number one Star Wars riff? Not of all time, but the number one Star Wars riff that you and I talk about almost constantly. Uh, Rogue One. Rogue? No, not. Yes, Rogue One. Ding, ding. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you said Solo, and that doesn't make any sense. But uh, but I know he got the right one. Yeah, Rogue One. Oh, man. But um, they took it off Netflix, which means I'm going to have to buy Rogue One. But... Yeah, even though, like, here's the thing. I wouldn't even have watched Rogue One if it wasn't for Rift Tracks. Same um, here. Uh, I had no interest in it, honestly. And I am a big Star Wars fan. Yeah, me too. But it's just like, oh, it's like, I looking at it, I wasn't interested in it. But when I saw the Rift Tracks, number one, the Rift is excellent. But the movie's not bad. Uh, you know, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. But it's not kind of, you know, it's edgetastic. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Like, oh, we're going to subvert expectations for Star Wars. Fine, whatever. But um, I kind of like, you know, the uh, original trilogy and the sequel trilogy kind of vibe a little bit better. But Rogue One is an excellent movie, so yeah. I will give it that. It was okay. Yeah. It was It was better than Solo. Yeah. Oh, dude, Solo's the worst. Have you watched it yet? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I still haven't. Well, watch it with the riff tracks because if you try to watch it without riff tracks, it's you're just gonna you're just gonna want to slit your wrists. And I want you to stick around, Jeremy. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of like you. Well, I'll probably wait until November twelfth uh, when Disney Plus launches their streaming thing, and I can just watch it on there. Ah, okay. All right, cool. So, but anyway. The uh, the last the last Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker. Oh, my gosh. So they have they had like a minute of like archival footage, like blah, blah, blah. We're setting up oh the nostalgia and everything's going to get wrapped up in this next movie. And then they showed about a minute of just like very brief glimpses of like new footage from the rise of Skywalker episode nine. And it's just like, what? Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Right. And um, it, the I don't want to say money shot, 
But the because that because that's, that's just, what it was. Like, that's that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. I mean, the money on. shot. Yeah, is uh, we'll call her Dark Ray, and she has this um nunchuck, this nunchuck uh Darth Maul lightsaber, right? It's like. Boom. Like she's like, oh my gosh, she went evil, and swings around like, boom! Oh, she's like Darth Maul. This is gonna be great. Like, you know, she has a staff, and now she's gonna go around and kick everyone's butt because she's evil and stuff. Now, and it's like, oh no, what's what's gonna happen, right? Okay, so here's the thing about that. First, I will ask you for your reactions, Jeremy, about uh, about that. What did you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What about the new images from the Rise of Skywalker stood out to you? Uh, the, the part where Ray and, uh, Kylo are like fighting on the platform in the water, that yeah. was really cool. Um, was cool. and then, yeah, you know, the, the whole dark Ray thing, uh, was, was neat. I actually, uh, I sent the link of that video to my son and he just sent back, um, excuse me, is that Ray holding a double bladed lightsaber? And I'm like, yeah, it seems to be. Uh, but my thought and my initial thought and my current thought still is that, uh, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like a vision or something. Yeah. It's or definitely. Like, or like the, the force cave type thing that, uh, mm -hmm. Luke went into on Dagobah. That's my they guess. Got, yeah. They got, they have toys to sell. They can't, they can't wreck Ray. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, that would be kind of. I don't want to say terrible, but I mean, at the same time, like you don't really believe it and you really shouldn't that uh, Ray's going to go to the dark side. I mean, that's, that's it's definitely an illusion of some kind, either that or she's some kind of clone or like Ray's going to have to face herself, that kind of thing. But it is a very, very cool image. It and uh, uh, Daisy Ridley even said that, be like, I was surprised. Or, no, I'll try to do my best. Oh, I was surprised when they put that in the trailer. <laughs> You know, my bet, my best skinny British girl uh, impression right there. Uh, Ouch. Have you seen the reaction from, let's say, some of the people who were less than enthused about the last movie? Uh, no, because I try not to pay attention to those idiots. Oh, my personally. gosh, dude. It's so, it's like, dude. Okay, yeah, it's. I don't know. We we talked about this, and that's a, a sort of precursor to this podcast uh, last year when we did the uh, half-year review for 2018, and we talked about The Last Jedi riff. Yeah. Uh, if anybody remembers that. And um, I kind of was a defender of this movie, um, of The Last Jedi, and because uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. People wanted to bring politics and stuff into it, and I was just like, guys, you are complete like, – like, everybody did. Everybody wanted to assign politics to The Last Jedi. And they kind of wrecked – everybody kind of wrecked the whole experience of The Last Jedi because of it, because all that just completely overshadowed the movie. And I'm really kind of hoping that it, that, that doesn't happen with this movie because I don't want to go through that, that bullcrap again. It's like – I don't want to feel like like my friend Rick Wolf from Robot Co-op had a very good thing to say. It's like people feel like now that they're being held at gunpoint when they talk about Star Wars because you either have to because like if you, you like it, you're this political um, slur. If you don't like it, you're that political slur. So everyone's like on edge about Star Wars and we really shouldn't be. It's bullcrap, but it's 
I'm just I'm just really hoping that I mean because the trailer looked awesome. It's, I think it's going to be a super fun movie, and I just really hope that we don't have to go through the con the needless stupid controversy over nothing. Yeah, but the way that fandoms are, you know, we will. Yeah, unfortunately. So, welcome yeah. back from the edit, everybody. Yes. Last week, Dave put up a post in the True Blue Rift Tracks fan group on Facebook asking what people thought uh, or what people wanted to see for the 2020 live show lineup. And he went through and he tallied all of the uh, votes, if you will, what people said they wanted to see. What do you got, Dave? Well, first I got to say that this, um, the reason I did this was because, um, as we all know, that uh, we just had Giant Spire Invasion, uh, the uh, final Rift Tracks 2019 live show, excuse me, which wrapped up the uh, Rift Tracks live season. And it's like, okay, so next year I think it's going to be, well, let's just, it's going to be, so next year will be the 12th Rift Tracks live season. And that's pretty impressive, honestly. And uh, they've done 30 of these live shows, and they're going to keep going. So I said, now, I'm going to suspend the rule of, hey, uh, don't say, oh, I want Rift Tracks to do this this and that. Now, if anybody from the group is listening, I know this is kind of a sore spot for many people, (laughs) is that the reason we have that rule is because if we don't have that rule, then the group opens up to literally anything and it becomes a free for all and it doesn't be and it, and it doesn't become about riff tracks. Yeah, like, every other post is oh they should riff this movie or they should riff this movie or oh wouldn't it be great if they riff this or and it's it would all just be that. We've right. seen examples of it in other groups and, and it's, just, it's just a mess. It's chaos. And it's um and anytime that comes up, I just very politely I say, hey, guys, just go ahead, please put that in uh, ideas.rifttracks.com. Uh, we want to keep this kind of like focused on what Rift Tracks has done and what we know they will be doing, that kind of thing, and like other Rift Tracks, re- you know, related news. So I suspended that because uh, for this thread, and it's one of the most engaged in posts we've had in this group for in over a year. Yeah, a lot of so, people. So, um, right. So everyone just was like really. And the results kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, so I went up and I went through everybody's. And for the purposes of uh, this this reveal of what what won, basically yeah. the rules the rules were you get three pretend it's uh, April April June August show show lineup like it has been in, in the past uh, couple three years because before they used to do four they don't do that anymore. It's been three uh, for, I think, since like 2017. What are your top three? Like, like what are your big, what are your big ones? And I was, I was, I was very surprised. Uh, these are the results. Now, for the purposes of this, I only, I tallied everything up, but I only included in these results. I only included entries that got more than one vote. So if you got two or more, then you were included. Yeah. Um, there was just so many. If the members of True Blue, the True Blue Rift Tracks fans, got to choose the uh, 2020 live season, so the first, far and away, uh, the one that everybody wants to see really is uh, Masters of the Universe, the uh, 19, I think 86, that monstrosity. Um, 
Yeah, because uh, oh, that's right, because it was like right after that the toy line collapsed in 1987, so it has to be yeah. 1987. It was it was it was that wonderful Canon Films masterpiece. Yeah, uh, that they filmed at the same time as one of their other amazing disasters, Superman Four. Yeah, and then I think they didn't Over the Top come out like around that same time too. I believe so. It might have been the year later, but yeah, they were right all in the same grouping. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Master of the Universe, clear winner, far and away. Next one after that, like just like right up there, Ghost House. Ghost House was. Didn't we just talk the about second that one? Most popular, yeah. Second most popular, it won. So it it. I was just like, wow, more people that aren't being prompted by me to to get a Ghost House live show is in there. Finally, the uh, number three pick uh, is none other than the guy from Harlem. Yep, so, one of the all-time classic riffs. Yep, so uh, here we are, uh, seven years after Ghost House and Guy from Harlem were released on riff tracks. They're still insanely popular. And people yep. still want to see him. So that's it the, for the 2020. Uh, if if the uh, True Blue Rift Tracks fans got to choose the lineup, it would be Masters of the Universe, Ghost House, and the guy from Harlem. Runners up were Roller Gator was the first runner up, which I was so very happy about. I wanted to get in there to break it. If it had been four shows, Roller Gator would have been included, but that wasn't <laughs> the parameters. So it, it, it remains a runner up, technically. Yeah. Um, then, uh, Werewolf, the, uh, you know, the, uh, MST3K standard, Jim Cotta, Garbage Pail Kids, which I don't know if I would want to see that rift, honestly, but, yeah. you know, yeah. Flash Gordon and Boggy Creek 2, another MST3K one. Yeah. So. Uh, anytime I see any movie that's supposed to be a comedy, like, I have to remind myself, yeah, oh, that movie was bad, but. You know, riffing a comedy doesn't really, it doesn't lend itself well to that, usually. Unless it's Street Fighter. Unless unless it's Street Fighter, yes. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our uh, weekend box office real quick before we get into the meat of things today. Uh, number one movie for the second week in a row, Angel Has Fallen. Good Boys at number two. The Lion King still up at number three. Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw and Overcomer at number five. And then if you scroll all the way down here to the 24th position, it went up 14 spots over the over the weekend. Avengers Endgame making ninety eight thousand dollars. It made more money than it did last week because it made fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it it made almost double. It has been six months since that movie was released in theaters. <laughs> and it still almost made $100,000 in theaters. But it's it's only in 110 theaters, so it's in fewer theaters than it was last week. And it made almost twice as much money. Like That is nuts. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So now let's move on and take a look at our short reviews of Rift Track Shorts. Yes! For this week's short reviews of Rift Track Shorts, we're going to be taking a look at R.U. Popular, released April 2nd, 2008. Are you popular? No. Are you kidding me? Do you even, no do you even know why you aren't? 
Maybe it's because I'm a dick. If you want to be popular and go out on dates, this short is the perfect tool for you. And it most certainly is not the perfect tool for me. That That is all this short is about. According to this short, here's a list of things that you should be doing to be popular, okay? Get a uh, pen. Get a pen and piece of paper. You ready to write this yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I sure, I sure do, because this sounds like some advice I'm interested in. First, you should write your dates down in a day planner. Don't ask someone out on a date for later that same evening. Wait, okay, hold on. <laughs> Never mind. Keep going. Plan what time to come home from your date ahead of time. Oh, God. Look well. Be friendly with everyone. And have a scarf that looks like mittens. That's it. If you can do these things, then you too can be popular in 1947. This is a good riff. The very first joke of the short, delivered by Bill, is exactly what I was thinking about going into the short. I'm not going to tell you what it was, because obviously that would that would ruin it. But there's a great bit in here about the narrator wanting some loving. And uh, this short is definitely worth 10 minutes of your time. If you if you take take these uh, tips to heart, then you can have lots of dates, Dave. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally interested in dating because that's a thing that back, I do now when back, I'm 38. Back 70 years ago. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I'm just sorry. I just had to throw that in there. Uh, in, a, in a previous century... You just might live to see the 100th anniversary of that short being made. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, if, if I live for another 27 years, I guess, I guess I'd be okay with that. Oh, God, I hope you do live for 27 more years. <laughs> Jesus. So let's move on from the shorts to the not-so-shorts. Today, we, oh man, we've got, we've got quite a, quite a <laughs> pair of VODs. Yeah, uh, this is going to be crazy, guys. Let's, let's strap in, because, like, oh. Uh. I think first we have to talk about, uh, about Swamp of the Ravens today. Mm, yeah, um, I chose this one, uh, full disclosure. So it's because... your fault. This is all your fault. Just remember kind that. Kind of, yeah, I mean. This is, I don't know if I would call this a deep cut because, you know, it's, um, when it was released, it was a big deal. Um, it's just kind of, kind of been forgotten. Although we do get references to it every now and we do get callbacks to Swamp of the Ravens, which is more than you can say about a lot of riffs. A lot of riffs come and then they never, ever get, uh, get heard from again. Um, I watched this today. I know, uh, when was the last time you saw Swamp of of the Ravens, Jeremy? I saw Swamp of the Ravens uh, around November 20th of 2013. Was that the day it was released? <laughs> That's the day that it was released, yes. I did not get the opportunity to rewatch it before this, but that's because I spent my time getting through uh, the next VOD we're going to be talking about. Yes, quite, which is another, which is another great, um, great 2013 entry. Yeah, and uh, one might argue a riff track cornerstone in itself, but we'll get to it. So, Swamp of the Ravens. Here's the thing, and I know that this is like the number one thing people will say about it. So we'll just get through it. It's called Swamp of the Ravens, <laughs> and yes, there's a swamp, but there's no ravens. No, the the birds that are actually prominently featured are vultures, or some some kind of Ecuadorian buzzard. 
at least uh, the title is halfway accurate. It's, it's, it's half correct, yes. You know, the weird thing, cause it, it was filmed in 1974 or 1975, depending on what source you look at. And it was filmed in Ecuador, but it was... Okay, now, if, if you watch this movie, you'd think this movie is dubbed, but it's not. Well, it is. It's <laughs> it's that it's that weird thing that they do in Italy where they film it in English and they dub it over. They did that here, too. They, they wrote it in English, and they filmed it in English, uh, and then they redubbed it into English again, which is very, you know, they didn't use any of the same tracks that they caught while, while filming. Um, so it makes it look extra foreign. Um, yeah. but the actors themselves are not American. They're not, you know, um, well, a couple of them are, um, but it's just, it's, it's very strange. It's about... If you watch this movie, nothing about the movie makes sense. And, like, you try to follow it, and it's... They even say so uh, <laughs> several times in the riff. They're just really like, we have no idea what's happening. Like, like none. A mad doctor attempts to conquer death by conducting a series of immoral experiments, but instead creates a flesh-eating army of the undead. Yeah, that's basically it. And he lives out in the middle of, of the swamp, and uh, his experiments... You know, he, he's an evil dude. You know, he kills a prostitute, so he's a, definitely a murderer. Yeah. But there's this weird kind of semi-love story happening with a woman and her other boyfriend. Now, one of the things that this, that <laughs> this movie is... I'm not going to say famous because this movie is not famous. This movie is super obscure. There's absolutely no other information on the internet about Swamp of the Ravens other than on Rift Tracks and on the Rift Wiki. I'm not even making that up. Nope. Uh, it's like I went through for Swamp of the Ravens, and my website, riftwiki.net, is the number three after IMDb and something else. I watched this movie, and I honestly I can't tell you. I mean, the... Spoiler alert, the guy survives, which is amazing, because usually these guys die. This guy didn't die. Um, he got himself a, a, a cool uh, scar from when, uh, you know, the after the big fight, and he went on to go serial kill someplace else to uh, try to overcome death. There's this scene in where the boyfriend of the woman that this guy's stalking, like, I guess they broke up. And uh, he wins her back by getting this like wooden doll or or puppet or something and taking it to a karaoke bar that they go on their dates to. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but it's not. No, this actually happens in the movie. And and serenades the uh, the the doll that he made of his girlfriend of his ex girlfriend, and he sings her this song. Oh, and I, I I transcribed the lyrics as best I could, uh, and here are the words that that gets them that gets them back together. This guy's a the freaking poet laureate of of Ecuador. Never ever will you hide from me. Life was hard, but doesn't beat after all. I have such feelings for a dead robot, while remembering the past and all its love. You may find yourself, I wish you were dead. My own robot, my own, my lady. Don't stare at me with those eyes of horror. You threw out my love to you two hound dogs. You've torn, yourse 
You've torn yourself apart through fits of angry rages. Your blood flowing lifeless from your body. With these eyes of brightness that fill up the darkness, my own robot, my own my lady. So I guess you and I will stick it out. Uh, oh, oh, those are the English words. Is this? In an English script, this movie and this song were originally written in English. I just want to stress that. Uh, you know what it makes me think of? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a quote, and uh, this is what this makes me think of. 800 centuries ago, their bodily fluids include the birth of half-breeds. For the fundamental truth, self-determination of the cosmos, for dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. What the hell is that? That is from the Martian translation device in Mars Attacks. And that's what that song made me think of. Like, they ran it through some sort of weird, like, they went into Google Translate <laughs> and put, a, put it in there into uh, some other language and then retranslated it back and did that, like, back and forth, like, three times until it was just this weird... <laughs> like that old age filter. Yeah. It's just this weird word salad that they decided to keep in the movie. That, uh, that makes no sense, Dave. I want to read it again, just so that, like, people don't have to, like, scroll back, because people are going to want to listen to that again. This is what it says, okay? Are you I'm sure? A, yes, I'm absolutely sure. <laughs> Never, ever will you hide from me. Life was hard, but doesn't beat after all. I have such feelings for a dead robot, while remembering the past and all its love. You may find yourself, I wish you were dead. My own robot. My own, my lady. Don't stare at me with those eyes of horror. You threw my love out to you to hound dogs. You've torn yourself apart through fits of angry rages. Your blood flowing lifeless from your body. With these eyes of brightness that fill up the darkness. My own robot. My own my lady. So I guess you and I will stick it out. Oh, but, so... yeah, that... but you know what? The, the words to that song uh it pretty much sums up how it feels to watch the movie yeah <laughs> my own robot my own my lady so i guess you and i will stick it out yeah <laughs> but it's a shame that this song did not uh or some kind of cover of it did not make it into the next thing that we're going to be talking about <laughs> yeah so uh we ran our listener poll this week or this past week mm -hmm. and uh our three choices were the last slumber party the apple Woo! and Woo! crater lake monster and we had probably the closest vote we've ever had um by one vote the winner was the apple Here's the apple mystery apple the the Take me for a rock the, the second place was Last Slumber Party, and it missed it by one vote. So uh, that's going to roll over into the next week along with Crater Lake Monster, and uh, I'll tell you the third choice when we get to the end of this. But, uh, yeah, so The Apple, this movie, uh, another another one by uh, our, our friends. Um, Cannon. Golan and Globus, yeah. Yep. Menachem, and, Menachem Golan directed it himself, the man himself. Yeah, and it's kind of a of a weird retelling of uh, the creation of 
man. Yeah, the fall of man. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it, 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 it's a weird biblical kind of. Uh, it's about Adam and Eve, and um, and you know being cast out of the Garden of Eden, which kind of falls apart if you think about it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but it's very Old Testamenty, which makes sense since uh, you know you consider how conservative Israeli Menachem Golan is. When I was reading up about this movie, uh, I saw something that was very interesting, and it didn't quite make any sense to me um, as to how these people uh, felt this way about this movie. There's there's people, you know, they, they read too much into everything, and yeah. uh, they they have to find a meaning for something in, in everything, and it's got to be just what they're projecting of themselves into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it seems to be with some of this stuff, but the journalist Richard Harlan Smith categorized the apple as an anti-Semitic Christian <laughs> scare film compared the story to Hitler's mind Kampf and it's ending to the Nazis final solution. Okay. Wrote that the, he wrote that the film involves a homophobic protagonist, Alfie, uh, trying to save his, quote, normal relationship with Bibi from what the film considers satanic, which includes electronic music, glitter, homosexuals, and drag queens. Now, Dave, what what was that that you just said about the director of this film? He's, uh, he, the, the man, Menachem Golan, is, yeah. is a very conservative Jewish Israeli. I mean, he was he was the king and still remains the king. Of Israeli cinema. I mean, that's where I mean, I grew up in in um, well, grew up. I spent many years of my youth in Israel. Uh, I have Israel in my blood. It's it's in my DNA. It's part of who I am. Uh, so I know about Menachem Golan and what the what the man says. And here here's the thing: you can see a lot of Israeli tropes and Jewish tropes in the Apple. I mean, that much is obvious. Um, but even if you take all that out, even if you don't know about that kind of thing, the final solution in the <laughs> ending, it, the Holocaust, what? Yeah, comparing that to uh, to Hitler's, uh, I just, that, that really blew me away just to see that, because I've watched this uh, a number of times. I've seen The Apple so many times. It's one of those movies I don't ever really get tired of seeing. <laughs> But but one of the one of the other things about this movie, aside from the fact of, of the story, is that it's a musical. <laughs> and you know, we we've got songs like uh Bim. It it starts off with a bang with Hey, 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 Bim's on the way. And you know what? Right. As far as I'm concerned, that's the that's the, the best song in the whole thing. Like uh Speed uh, a song about speed, which is about how uh, uh, we as Americans are hooked on the drug that is America. <laughs> well, yeah. And, which you know why? You know, it's because yeah. we're awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the uh, the wonderful song coming. <clears throat> oh God. <laughs> which, which uh, <laughs> you know that thankfully once you get to that it's almost the end of the movie like you maybe have like 15 minutes of film left yeah. and i was talking to dave 
while I was watching this yesterday, and I was telling him that where I was, I was having a hard time continuing on, and I explained to him what point in the movie I was at, and he knew exactly what was what was going exactly, to be happening. And I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's, so Pandy, there's a... yeah, Pandy takes Pandy takes <laughs> Alfie into the back of this club, and they they do it. Yeah. Along yeah. with like a kaleidoscope of like what ten other couples. Yeah. It's really uh disturbing. I mean, like there's there's no actual like nudity think, or anything to be seen. But, but it the lyrics feels, are just it, it, it just feels so dirty. Like I felt like I was watching a porn. It's really like uh, You wanna know why I think that happened? You wanna know why I think they included that? Why? I think they included that so that Alfie, uh, story-wise, because the film opens up and we have this, uh, you know, they're in the year 1994. Are we sure it's 1994? Yeah, yeah, in, in the far unreachable future, <laughs> the year 1994. Yes, but what year is it? But it's, it's a it's a music yeah. like a music competition. Yeah, and Alfie, and then they have uh, Mr. Boo. That my two favorite villains in all of <laughs> all of riff tracks that beat even beats out the Volturi, uh, Mr. Boogaloo and Shake by far the best villains in all of riff tracks. And if that contradicts anything that I've said before, whatever, deal with it. Uh, but they're just awesome, and they are going to manipulate the world by winning this stupid uh, music competition and by making everybody. Like everybody wants to be part of BIM, and this music festival was was like the vehicle to get BIM out there. And you put the BIM mark, like, oh, you don't have a BIM mark. And it's supposed to be about like peer pressure and like conformity to society, and yeah, and and the mark all of the this. beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but if, yeah. for for people who don't know, BIM stands for Boogalo International Music. Yeah. So. And so after Bim's on the way, uh, this huge production number that that must have cost several thousand dollars at least. Yeah, um, and you have uh, Alfie and um, Bibi uh, coming in, and they sang this this love song that they had, and everyone was like, "Where's Bim?" Right? Yeah. So, um, uh, Universal but, Melody. Yeah. Is the name of the song. Mm-hmm. And it was just that number one, everyone was right to boo him because it was a terrible song. <laughs> but they get invited to this party where they're going to be like, hey, if uh, you guys want to help us take over the world with our evil doofus music, uh, then, you know, just sign this. And uh, but I believe at that party that um, at that party where they meet Mr. Boogaloo and Shake, they also meet, like, uh, their minions, uh, Dandy and Pandy. And Dandy is this white guy, and their brother and sister, Dandy is this white guy with a Jufro. And uh, Pandy, who's just kind of like, you know, the Queen Cleopatra, that's just, like, the vibe that she has. Yeah. I believe that, what's his name, Dandy seduces BB, and, like, that is kind of like the catalyst for uh you know her partaking of the forbidden fruit yeah uh, the like, apple yeah the a- quite apple literally that, a big apple yeah mm-hmm. and then they uh have then they go to sign the contract 
Because at this point, Phoebe has cheated on Alfie, but Alfie doesn't know it. Yeah. Has cheated on Alfie with Dandy. And they go down and they have that big musical number down in down in hell, which ends up being just a vision of of Alfie's. And uh you have uh what's his name? You have Dandy in his uh in his uh bedazzled thong. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so they go down there and oh the best riff, I, because this came out in 2013, a couple months after uh, Twilight was still very much in the riff trash consciousness back then. And um, down in the hell sequence, uh, a vampire comes up and there's a lyric that's like, you might be, can meet an actual, actual, actual vampire. And then like a vampire lady pops up like, yeah, look, I'm a vampire, right? And then Kevin the riff says like, hi, I married a werewolf when I was a baby. <laughs> right so man i miss twilight uh that's not a lie it's a joke but it's also very very true um but i think that uh now fast forward to what we were talking about about um the i'm coming song i think part of that was to make uh alfie kind of like he couldn't really because i think at that point like he had kind of find out that his girlfriend had got banged by dandy at yeah. some point well he, had, uh, he was like drugged at this point too wasn't he? they totally roofied him welcome back from the edit everybody yes um <laughs> anyway so pandy takes uh alfie back and they do it obviously you guys are probably not going to hear what i called it before <laughs> no jeremy they they probably definitely jeremy definitely cut out the joke that i just made uh <laughs> And so, uh, Dandy, not Dandy, uh, Alfie, I, I get mixed up with these stupid names. <laughs> Alfie, uh, can't hold it against BB that, you know, like, oh, look, I had sex with some creepy weirdo. Um, and then they go and they leave Mr. Boogaloo's, uh, estate and they get, uh, Pandy lets him go. Yeah, she helps. Yeah, she, she uh, helps BB escape. Turns, yeah. And uh, they go and they get married. I guess they get, but 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 they find this Tom Bombadil dude. Hey, uh, the hippie colony. Uh, yeah, the hippie colony. Now uh, I watched a documentary about Canon Films in that um, they t- where they talked about the Apple, and um, they said that Menachem Golan wanted to explore the world of the hippies, but then they said then they explained, but. But Menachem is not a hippie. Like, he doesn't understand hippies. Like, he doesn't really know anything about hippies. Right. So, like, the uh, world of the hippies is kind of, like, not informed at all. Uh, They're just kind of, you know, kind of like weird kind of hobbit people. (laughs) Like, where they just kind of, they're like nomads, right? They don't have, like... You know, they just kind of, like, live out in the middle of nowhere. And, like, it's like Woodstock, all the time and they're dressed like crazy and then i guess at some point dandy and pandy have a child uh and this, no. not dandy yes these names are terrible <laughs> except for mr boogalo like that's like yeah that's like the one name that is just awesome yeah. um alfie and bb have a child and this baby is like five when we see him <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's they say, a, it's only been like a year, but uh, no, it, no, that's a big kid. That is a yeah, no. I, th- this kid is clearly already like it's not no, <laughs> you because know, unless unless BB got pregnant with Dandy's kid. Oh no, uh, which which I no. <laughs> why did you say that? And and it is indeed Alfie and BB's kid. The kid would only be like three months old at this point. Yeah. And the kid is clearly a toddler. Like yeah. at least got a whole head of hair. Like it's a big beefy kid. It's yeah. not like a little three month old. I've like yeah, I've I've known some newborns in my life, and it is that definitely is not a um a newborn. That 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 child is fully aware of everything that is happening. <laughs> Uh, which is good because maybe he can explain it to us. Maybe maybe we can show him uh, Swamp of the Ravens and have him explain to us what was going on. But uh, and then uh, God shows up because like I guess Boogaloo because I guess Bim has taken over the world at this point. Yeah, Mr. Tops. Yeah, Mr. Tops shows up and uh, escorts. Uh, and Tops is God, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I love Mike's riff as that be like I I always I always say this when everyone's like says who are you and I they say they call me Mr. Tops but what I always say is Mike's riff is I am the Archangel of Punch. <laughs> yes. And no one gets it. I don't even think very many riff tracks fans would 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 uh, would like know it immediately. But I always like saying I'm I am the Archangel of Punch. That's one of my favorite riffs from <laughs> from the Apple. Um, and then Mr. Tops, like the final battle is just God taking the hippies and just leaving. They just walk off through the sky. Yeah. 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 They just walk into the sky, um, following this gold, this, this gold Cadillac. Um, and the Boogaloo just lets them and they just kind of like tops. What do you think you're doing? Be like, I've had enough of you (laughs) and we're going to go to another planet and uh, like, wait, what? Huh? Like, this is how it ends. But I mean, dude, I dig Mr. Tops, and Mr. Tops is played by the uh, same actor as the um, hippie leader. And the yeah. hippie leader is nowhere to be found in the last scene. I mean, obviously he's not there because he's the same actor. I'm never really sure if it's um, if it was always like God in hiding among the hippies the whole time. I think that's really what it's just, supposed to be. But or if it's really just two different characters played by the same actor. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the same, like the same character. Uh-huh. Uh, just, yeah, like you said, just kind of hiding amongst mm-hmm. amongst the hippies. But it's not really ever explained. And I guess there's a there's a, a scene cut from the beginning of the movie where they actually show um, Alfie being created by Mr. Tops. Where he's really? like being carved out of um, stone or something. How would that work? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Because I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. I just read the stuff about it because it's never, it's never really addressed in the version of the movie that we got. Um, it's, it's an uncut two-song prologue of the film named Paradise Day. Mr. Two Tops, songs. Mr. Tops creates heaven and carves the first human Alfie out of a rock and then sends Alfie to Earth to meet BB. He sends him down to Moose Jaw. <laughs> Moose Jaw? Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. Which, which they definitely make a point to uh, bring up at least 30 times in the movie. Yeah. 
that they're from Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw. The Sticks. Conja Club. And then I uh, never made a deal with Conja Club. Hell, that's the Conja Club. Conja Club. Conja Club. I honestly think my favorite part of this movie is uh, mandatory BIM exercise time, where everybody is told to stop what they're doing immediately and take part in this. So we've got some uh, firefighters who stop fighting a raging inferno to uh, do this little dance number. We've got uh, we, we see an operating theater and all of the doctors and nurses are dancing around and the patient is sitting up on the table trying to do the stuff as well until he can't anymore and literally just flops over. Uh, we've got people on the roads getting out of their cars and dancing and it's just, it's great. And we wonder why Bim never made it. Bim is on the way, but Bim never shows up. Bim, Bim, Bim never arrived. That is correct. <laughs> oh, but um, another song that's really great that I think about a lot of. I mean, I I think about the apple a lot. Um, I do. It's not. It's not even. Yeah. But um, is uh, it's the song "Cry for Me." It's um. <laughs> I really like that song and just how it's and just how it's it's structured and how parts of it just it's like it's just so stupid. But <laughs> like the rest of the apple. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be connecting Alfie and it's where BB realizes that oh this this is kind of this is kind of a terrible situation I've gotten myself into. And she's like, oh, I should never have cheated on you, Alfie. And then Alfie's just be like, oh, I just got beat up for trying to uh, <laughs> for trying to stalk my ex. He got stomped, man. Yeah, it was like, like, like he, he wasn't even really doing anything, if you think about it. No. And then and then they tell him to go go to her. And yeah, that's uh, right. one of the guys is like, I just did. And I got my ass kicked. Uh, yeah, it just happened. We have to talk about. I know we're kind of running a little bit long, but we have to talk about the scene where um, he, uh, Alfie, is uh, talking. I think it's the first time we see the landlady, who is like this. Oh, oh God! Yeah, the yeah, who awkward, is the, uh... yeah, where she's like. I guess he's like playing around with her, <laughs> and uh, just like just like joking around, and. Um, he I don't know just, the nice way to say this. He just he goes just, right for it. Takes yeah, a handful of both boobs. Right. And just like, ah! Like, you need to pay the rent. You need to pay the rent. And I'll he just the grabs the rent and just grabs her boobs. Like, it just, like, squeezes it. Like, it's just like, what? What? What is it with, with people in happened? these movies? And... And doing it, that, you know, uh, it's funny. It because, was a legit. Uh, it was like a like I saw it and I was just shocked. Like what? We have really weird, uh, gropey guys in all of these movies. It seems to be like, if it's a bad movie, the guy is going to be like very uh, sex pesty. Well, the thing is, is that um, it seems to me like it happens all the time. Yeah, it, it seemed it, like she was used to it. Yeah, it's just be like ah, like she seems she 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 seems surprised, but like not like upset up like you just grabbed my boobs, right? <laughs> no, but oh no, it wasn't like that. Just like oh, ah, like oh, here we go again. Like uh, and you know the uh, the the actress she uh, she shares some riff tracks ties with what? some other films. 
Yeah. What? 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 Professor Sprout and the Harry Potter movies. Ah. Oh. Ooh. Wow. I, I I have seen her in a bunch of other films. Like it's never like a big part, but yeah, she, she plays ever, a Professor her, Sprout. Did she ever get her boobs grabbed again? Well, not by Harry. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, you got anything else to say about the apple? Because now, because I could be here all day about the, the apple. apple. They could just go like through it's a bunch of stuff. It's weird as hell. If you're not watching it with Rift Tracks, God help you. Because, like, I guess you might enjoy the music or whatever, but yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not an easy one to sit through. Oh, I love it, but I watch it with the Rift Tracks. So yeah. So it's it's um. I don't think I would watch it without the Rift Tracks. I don't oh. think I can make it through, but nope. it's uh, with the Rift Tracks, it's freaking. I mean, like that—that's one of the thing I love about about Rift Tracks so much is that ex- it exposes me to great stuff that I could never stomach before. The same <laughs> thing with Swamp of the Ravens, uh. for better or worse, my own robot, my own my lady, that's and the just... same thing with uh with a couple of our other movies on the listener poll. Yeah. Um, like the last slumber party, which will be back on the poll as stated earlier. Crater Lake Monster. I got uh, lots of words to say about that one, so everyone's also going that, to be on the poll again. And they will be joined this week by the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So last slumber party, Super Mario Brothers and Crater Lake Monster will all be going up for you to vote on later this week. And so uh, please look for that. We'll be up on uh, Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Don't forget, you can still pre-order the live show VOD for Giant Spider Invasion. That comes out on October 15th. I'm Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can send me an email, jeremy at trueblueriffcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at PB and Awesome. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TB Riffcast. And I'm Dave. You can check me out at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffcast.com. Before we go, I just want to remind you that, what? that you threw out my love to you to the hound dogs. <sighs> You've torn yourself apart through fits of angry rages. Your blood flowing lifeless from your body with these eyes of brightness that fill up the darkness. My own robot. My own my lady. So I guess you and I will stick it out. Thank you.